everyone. This is our second episode in English, and I am saying hello to all of you that you click Agatha Lessons in Spotify or in Anchor in another platforms. Thanks to prefer our communication. Today I have a, a, a special person from one part of the world. He's going to explain from which region of the world, doing agave culture and also agave spirits. So uh, he is, uh, I'm going to, to ask him to introduce himself and also to, to tell all the story, this wonderful story about agave spirits. Tim Murray, you are welcome to Agave Lessons. I would like to know about you, say hello. How are you? Hi, Anna. <clears throat> yes, fine. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you very much for inviting me to this exciting project. Yeah, it's fine that you, you can um, hear us now with this technology and to be near of the agave culture, being you in. Tell us, where are you? Um, I live in Hrafrenet, which is in the Karoo Uh, region of the Eastern Cape in South Africa. In South Africa. Uh, and a space, and a space very, very far of Mexico. And yesterday we have another friend of us, um, Desmond from India. So let us know uh, more about your experiment with agave. Okay. Um, Uh, Hrafrenet, where we farm, um, is um, in the very dry area. Um, our yeah. average rainfall is about 280 millimeters per annum. Oh. Um, yeah, and we generally very hot and dry. It's a traditional um, small stock farming area producing yeah. both fiber, that's wool and mohair, as well as meat from sheep and goats. Okay. Are you from this uh, region? Did you, uh, are you uh, familiar with this kind of agriculture for a long time ago? Yes. Um, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> my family has been farming here on the farm Rudblum, um since about 1872. And I am uh, the fifth generation of farmer running the we have farmed a number of um uh, produced a number of different products including yes. ostriches um a long time ago and yeah. more recently um the first ostrich um farming was for feathers which were used in the fashion industry yeah the second time uh we farmed with ostriches it was for leather also for the boot or fashion industry and meat production. However, we don't have ostriches anymore, but the ostriches okay. were one of the links to the agave in oh. our district. <laughs> wow. So let me, let me ask you something. So you are an um, agronomist or you are a farmer with um, uh, generations um, knowledge uh, about how to farm in these dry areas? Who are you exactly? Um, yes. <clears throat> um, 
my forefathers have been farming yeah for hundred years or hundred years or so, and um, we've a lot about farming in the Karoo. And one of the things we have to do is adapt constantly to the changing in and the changing business um, milieu around our farming. So we we yes. have farmed, we have produced a lot of different products. Oh, that that is. Um... Uh, a kind of uh, flexibility and also resilience in, in agricultural uh, products and systems. So you are learning a lot and you are uh, having different uh, experiments and experiences, I think. So, so how, you will, uh, how you were involved with agave? <laughs> yes, yes you, that's you, a very interesting question. Um, the agave we have here is agave americana, and um, it's, in my opinion, a cosmopolitan plant. It's all over the world. Um, yeah. The, the sort of family um, folklore that we believe is that um, the, after the um, uh, um, Portuguese and Spanish sailors were um, <clears throat> investigating the wild coast or the eastern coast of South Africa. Okay. They, um, probably um, lost some pinyas in a wreck and the pinyas were washed up on the beach and started yes. growing and um, produced pups and so the agave arrived in southern Africa. Okay, like um, an invasion, yeah. Well, yeah, but by by accident, and I think that you by find accident. Americana, you find agave Americana on every continent and just about, you know, every coast of the of the world. Um, yes, it so is. It's, it's been declared as a naturalized plant in South Africa, because one of the reasons why it could be declared naturalized is it can't pollinate because of the, the lack of bats. It requires for pollination. So all the Gavi Americana in South Africa are asexually produced by suckers yes. or pups, as you would call them. Okay. So uh, the, the, the introduction was, do you think, is by accident? And it was by the, um, uh, how to say, the, the coastal areas. And after that, the Agave Americana was... Uh, like a naturalized species. And we can have a, a date about this, a, a history speaking about it or not? Just as your research about it? Um, Is someone uh, speaking about it? There's no actual real evidence of exactly when okay. agave arrived in, in Africa, but there are anecdotal um, uh, stories that, that point to certain um, possibilities. Okay, so of course the landscape of uh, your region we're, uh, was always uh, with this plant, I supposed, and that was very common for you, I, I think. That is real, that is the reason that you uh, started to this with this crop with this plant. Oh well, it started a long time, and um, the main reason why there a lot of agave on my farm is that um, it provides an incredibly valuable fodder source. 
especially in a very dry farming area. Of the course. The grows, grows very slowly and um, doesn't um, mature quickly. And so it provides a reservoir of food, which one yeah. can use when, when there's a drought. And um, the early ostrich farming venture um, used a lot of agave because the ostrich's feathers were <clears throat> substantially better when they were eating um, agave. There was oh. some, um, yeah, there was some property of the agave mm. that uh, allowed the ostriches to produce exceptional, exceptionally quality feathers. So my forefathers used to feed agave to their for feather production, okay. stimulate feather production. <laughs> so it is. Um, I didn't know about it about this uh, kind of uh, uh, system. But um, do you know if someone uh, more in, in Africa is doing this? Or is it just sure. your experiment and experience? Excuse me. Um, no, not, not that I know of. However, we feed a garden to this day. I feed a garden to um, cattle and to water buffalo. And yeah. today I'm feeding about um, six tons of agave to um, yeah. two herds of beef cattle because we've got very little food in our rangeland. So we're chopping the agave up by hand and we deliver it to the cattle and they love it and they eat it flat out. We also okay. um, chop the flowering poles when they're full of flowers and the wild animals, the wildlife, And the, the domesticated animal, animals eat the poles um, like asparagus. <laughs> they eat yes. The and they eat all the arms off. So agave is a very important um, uh, farming um, tool in our dry regions. So much so okay. that in the, in the 1950s, um, our government department of agriculture encouraged all farmers to plant agave. They even provided the farmers with a subsidy to yeah. fencing to allow easy establishment of agave orchards. The idea okay. was that the farmers would um, be then less reliant on government uh, support if there was a drought, a, de a debilitating drought. And right now, our region is in a debilitating drought, and the farmers who've got agave are very lucky farmers. Well, so drought is in with the climate change, and agave is a plan for you that uh, resolve many, um, I don't want to say just many uh, agricultural objectives or economical um, objectives. Also, is for, uh, for the climate, for the other um, wild animals so it's a kind of um, very important uh, ecosystem element It yes yes agave is very important in Are our you... system of feeding the only feeding. animal that won't eat agave is a horse <laughs> for some reason no. <laughs> we've never managed to get our horses or donkeys to eat agave yes you know i, I don't know if you uh, have been uh, visiting Mexico, but uh, we have uh, 
the special system with uh, horses in the past, when horses were very important in the agriculture for farmers in tequila. So uh, people used to have agave, blue agave, and horses. And we said those kind of uh, lands, potrero. So the unity for agave system was potrero. <laughs> so okay. horses are horses are uh, are uh, of course they were um, eating uh, fresh uh, leaves, uh, uh, small um, plants. But sometimes it was very uh, how to say not damaging a lot. But sometimes uh, with a lot of um, uh, how to say search or using a lot of horses. The plantations were were not uh, growing very well. So the, the 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 common sense said you need to rotate the horses in a in a stable formula. <laughs> so yeah. I understand now what is happening in in your region and with horses. But uh, yeah. how about your agave spirit? Yes. So um, we've been using agave for a long time, and we've been using it for a lot of different um, functions, not only as yes. fodder, but we also use it uh, to create a drought reserve, in other words, a bank of fodder, but we also use it for physical barriers like hedges and um, okay. prevent access because they're spiky plants. We also plant them <clears throat> to um, prevent erosion of soil, and then we yeah. use the flower stalks um, <clears throat> for poles and for fencing material. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, there have been many, no many worry. other uses for, for agave. We finally got to the stage where a, uh, a company initiated a commercial venture to produce agave spirit based on the fact that there was um, quite a lot of agave in our farming district of Grafrenet. The, um, okay. This started about 20 years ago in 1997. That's uh, 20, 22 years ago now. Um, but yeah. it, it, it lasted about 10 years and um, then failed. Um, it failed for various reasons. One of the reasons was that uh, the market wasn't ready at that stage, in my opinion, wasn't ready for a non-Mexican agave spirit. Okay. So, uh, we are speaking about an experience for more than 20 years and the curve of experience uh, was taken for you but it, 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 you needed to, more, to know more about how to do it. <clears throat> and what about now? What happened with your um, experience with um, Agave Spirits elaboration? Okay. Um, due to the, the, the <laughs> previous attempt, um, a market for Agave Spirit um, has, was developed. In other words, there was a, a demand created. Um, and a... Uh, another company up in um, near Johannesburg decided that they would attempt to make a yes. spirit. 
and they um, bought agave pinos from me for about four or five years okay. before they really got it right. <clears throat> when they started getting it right, um, producing a, a reasonable good, reasonably good agave spirit, they um, were then um, in the market with a product um, with a lady by the name of Sarah Kennan, and Sarah. Um, Sarah has a product called uh, Leonista, which is um, consists of um, four, yeah. four different uh, agave spirits: a blanco, a, um, a reposado, um, a honey reposado, and a new product which I have not yet seen, which is a kind of a flavored um, reposado. Um, but it's only just being launched now, so I haven't I haven't actually got to know it yet. So Sarah, um, Sarah, okay. Sarah and I um, had a, a relationship. I was supplying the, the agave, and Sarah was having it made into agave spirit. And then eventually, I just decided okay. well, I would actually like to have my own brand of agave spirit, telling my story and telling my um, experience with agave in the Karoo. So. Uh, almost yeah. exactly a year ago, I launched um, my own agave spirit. It's called um, Three Agaves, Pure Karoo Agave Spirit. And um, I only have yes. one product. It's a, it's a Blanco or a Silver. And I only sell it. Yes, I saw it. Yeah. yeah I only sell it on Neck where I live. Um, I have listed it on one of the um, uh, cyber um bottle shops, bottle stores called The Bottle Shop. However, it's not doing very mm -hmm. well because I think it's sort of drowned out by all the other products. But I'm certainly thoroughly enjoying having my own brand of agave spirit and selling it in my local market of Graf Renet. Yes. So uh, have you been in Mexico? No. You said no? I, I, I Because I, I lost your communication. Yeah. I've not been to Mexico yet. I'm dying to go to and, Mexico, but I can't afford to and, go to and, and what about your... Yes, you, you, you have been there? No, I haven't. I haven't. And I really would love to go to Mexico. So one day I will. Of course. <laughs> and, and, and how do you, do you understand how, um, how is the agave spirit? Because I know there are uh, uh, an international uh, global market with tequila. But uh, as I see, you are just, you, you are preferring, you, you prefer to do Blanco with your brand. But you are like more like um, the marketing of uh, Mezcal. You are not wanting to do more like a tequila uh, um, style. So what is your opinion about this? How is, how is the taste and how is your brand? In, yeah. the, um, in the comparison between tequila, mezcal, and others. Yeah. Um, we um, in South Africa respect Mexico's um, ownership of um, tequila of course. And, yes. and mezcal and bacanora and all those um, other wonderful products that come from the agave. However, um, that doesn't um, preclude us from uh, making a, an agave spirit. So um, as far as I'm concerned, my product is not a mezcal. It's not a tequila. It's a, an agave spirit. 
it is um, yes it is cooked in a in a with an open fire and it is fermented with special yeasts that are appropriate for agave sugars and it is distilled in a specific way but my brief to my distiller is that I would like a product that represents my farm it must um, yes taste of the soil it must have the terroir it must um, uh, be dry dusty and um, have the flavors of the local vegetation and uh, I must say that I'm very happy and feel that my um, distiller has managed to achieve most of my objectives with the Blanca. I do hope um, that sometime in 2020, I will purchase yes. my own barrel, uh, oak barrel, and I have a cellar yeah. on, my, on my farm, and I would like to um, put some um, of my agave spirit into the barrel for um, aging. And I hope that maybe yeah. in the next two or three years, I might also have a reposado of sort, which I wouldn't call a reposado, because, you know, with respect to America, uh, to Mexico, sorry, and um, I, would, I would rather call it, you know, a Karoo rested or a lazy aged Karoo agave spirit or something like that. Okay. So, at this so stage, I'm very happy with you my, have... my, my Blanco, and I hope one day Blanco, yes. a, a, a reposado. And, and and what is your feeling? <laughs> what, what, what do you think now with your brand about this Blanco, with the flavor, with the taste of the region, with the plants that you had been um, uh, experimenting? Because you are very far of uh, other kind of knowledge related with agave. So your brand is going to be just local, Are you going to, I don't know, to share with us in Europe? Because I am living in Europe. So I would like to taste this <laughs> Karoo uh, uh, spirit. spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, at this stage, my marketing is, is, is entirely local. Um, local. Local, in, 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 in close by around me. Um, I'm relying on the fact that I'm producing a brand that tells my story, my farm story, my areas, my town, yes. my, my, my local story. So, <coughs> excuse me, um, yeah. I'm, I'm relying on the fact that um, I'm selling um, the story uh, with the um, agave spirit. I obviously would um, love to see my product boom and become uh, a valuable brand and um, being available in Europe. So um, I do keep my eyes open, but I'm not in any hurry. Um, this is a hobby yeah. for me. Um, I do not yeah. need to make money out of it. So I do not need okay. to push, push it and to, I do not need to um, insist on, on a financial return at this stage. So it's a pure hobby for me. Okay, so I have no chance to taste your agave spirit in in a short time it just if i visit south africa yep uh, my motto is <laughs> if, you, if you if you want some you've got to come here yes you've got to know someone who's coming here or you've got to have somebody who's here send you some so um okay we can talk about how to get it all the way to europe <laughs> but later <laughs> later okay so tim i will 
I will. Um, uh, today, you know, is uh, 24. Uh, there is a, uh, a, a, a not a big party with us, with Mexicans, but I am thinking in South Africa, in Agave Americana, and in your experience, and also wishing to the in, in the in the future to taste these flavors and aroma. And I am sure this um, dry region has uh, something very special to to show about agave spirits in the world. So I okay. I'm very happy to to share with you this um, this story. And also I would like to invite you the next year to to talk more about your landscape, your agave plants, and I'm going to put a link to your brand in this podcast. And you are welcome when you want to share with us your new comments and the new experiments with your agave spirits aging. <laughs> I am sure that Blanco is going to be very, very special to taste. So I, I wish you the best for these holidays. I know that you are working, harvesting, you told me. What are you harvesting now? <clears throat> we are harvesting um, our onion seed crop, um, which we finished. We finished on Friday. Yes. Um, so the seed crop is under the roof in the drying room. <clears throat> and uh, we are just preparing for a little bit of a holiday um, until we start um, preparing the seed for, for the market. But just um, something that I feel that I'd like to tell you about the agave here is we have another company which I'm a director of called Agave Sol. And Agave Sol produces a range of skin care products from the agave leaves, which are harvested off the pinyas when we harvest pinyas for spirit production. Okay. It's quite exciting because we've got about seven or eight different products, including pet care products, But it's all to do yeah. with the wonderful properties that agave has in skin health. Yes, I saw something about this skin treatments. So uh, a lot of creativity in these uh, arid uh, lands regions. And it could be interesting to, to do an interview about these products. So, yes. <laughs> so uh, that is... Um, an agave nucleus for new products. And I am going to be very attentive, paying attention to, to those products because also in Mexico, people is creating new uh, big uh, value uh, products with agave. And we yes. are going to have some um, scientists, but also entrepreneurs doing that. We have a good program for 2020, so we are we are going to, to speak about culture in the world, and I I am happy just uh, bridges with um, people farmers in different parts of the world. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for Pleasure. your message, and have Thank a nice <laughs> and have a nice. Uh, nice year and be uh as you as you know be very patient with this route and of, of course creative uh, as we can do it 
in arid lands. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Happy, happy 2020. <laughs> <laughs> happy 2020. Okay. Yep. See you soon, I hope, in, in, in this Agave Lessons. And all our friends in South Africa, uh, hello. We are in, in now in Europe, but um, sure, we are going to speak more about Agave. Bye-bye, team. Bye -bye. Happy holidays. Bye -bye, Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.